I'm Colonel Steve Messenger, Garrison Commander of Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, and welcome to Behind the Triad Leadership Podcast. And I am excited to have Command Sergeant Major Raquel Domenico here today. She is the Command Sergeant Major of Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, and getting ready to retire after 24 years of service to our nation. So we'll post the bio there. But she was a senior enlisted advisor to a general officer, deputy assistant commandant to the U.S. Army Engineer School, instructor, first sergeant, many other assignments, has a degree in Homeland Security, is a mom and a wife. Wow. Sergeant Major, you have done it all. Congrats on an incredible career and welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you, sir. This is uh, one of my favorite podcasts I think we're going to do. You know, we hang out every day, but I appreciate you taking some time as you look at retirement and transition to do this. So I know you were a little hesitant to do this podcast. How come? (laughs) That was not on the list of questions. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like being in the spotlight, sir. So. Yeah, I would say, Sarma, you embody my favorite quote. I like to say, the greatest leaders, they work relentlessly, remain in the background, accomplish much, and be more than you seem. And you are all those things, uh, although you're not in the background as much as you think you are. (laughs) But uh, you have an amazing story and would love to talk about it. Let's talk about your career a little bit. Why did you join the military? So it's kind of funny because as a kid, everyone used to say, oh, we just, we knew that you were going to join the military. <laughs> really? Like it was that obvious. And that's just kind of the general feeling from everybody that I've talked to uh, since I did join. But um, like one of my my dad's favorite picture of me, it, it always cracks me up and I tell people this a lot actually. It's this picture of me in a purple bathing suit. I'm probably like five or six years old. I have this crazy hair sticking out from underneath my grandfather's sailor's hat. And I'm standing there, you know, with my stone face. You're familiar with this <laughs> stone face. Yes. Every day. <laughs> and I'm saluting. And my dad just loves this picture. Like he used to carry it around with him. So uh, again, like everybody just kind of knew that, you know, I'd end up in the military. But also, like throughout high school and all of school, I did, I played a lot of sports, you know, and I feel like the sports prepare you for military service because it's teaching you the discipline, um, you know, fosters a little bit of uh, competition, you know, and uh, people that play sports typically do well with the the physical aspect in, in military service and the teamwork and elegant failure. I think that's very important. Uh, you know, we're always learning and failure is the best way to learn, I think. So I think those are good lessons. But then also, you know, I was in band and that actually taught me how to march. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there again, you know, stuff that I did in high school. Science Olympiad taught me critical thinking. Uh, Student Council taught me public speaking and problem solving. So there's like all of these things that I did throughout my school years that helped to prepare me for military service in my mind. So I just, I think I was just destined to be here. (laughs) I've never heard you use that term elegant failure before. What does that mean to you? So I think it's It's important that when you fail, you don't get all down on yourself and upset with your teammates or, you know, if it's just an individual thing, like I said, down on yourself, because it's a learning opportunity and you can always take what you feel you didn't do the best at or the reason why you think you didn't win and learn from that and use it 
to grow. But then also, I think that when you are successful in winning whatever competition, I think it's important to be humble in that success because there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. And mm. so someday you're going to get beat and you need to know how to lose. Mm. Well said. I just wrote an article that was called To Be a Nerd or a Jock. And you <laughs> kind of went through that there in high school. You sounded like you were both a nerd and a jock. Oh, yeah. Which certainly uh, prepared you for the future. Yeah. In the UP, there's not a whole lot of people that go to each school. So, you know, I had a class of 33. And uh, so you had to do everything <laughs> or nobody would be dealing with it. <laughs> you did. So 24 years later, a number of assignments. What are some highlights? Well, um, highlights. It's, uh, it was a crazy 24 years. Um, my story is, like, like I said, uh, sports. You know, I, I started out doing uh, hockey on a men's team. And so I was the only girl for the majority of those years. And I think that helped me once I, I did get into the service because when I when I joined the service, I was 12 Charlie, which is a bridge crew member. And it had very recently opened up to females. I didn't realize that at the time. But when I got to my first reserve assignment, I was the only 12 Charlie female there. And it was something that I was familiar with being the only female because of hockey. And so going through that, um, moving on in my career, there was, uh, as you know, I was the first female that was then selected to be the a first sergeant of a combat engineer unit. And again, very familiar territory for me. So it was very natural, just flowed into it, but it was the best assignment of my career, being a first sergeant. It was so much fun. It's like you're off in your own little world there at the company, you know, just you and the commander, and you're in charge, and you get to decide what training you're going to do and, and what that looks like. And we had a lot of fun with it. We did a lot of great things, um, you know, jumping out of helicopters and, you know, doing land nav courses in the middle of the night, you know, it sounds horrible, but it was so much fun. You know, the, the harder you work, the more you build that team. And uh, yeah, it was the best time of my life being out there in California in that sapper unit. I did some research on you last night in preparation <laughs> for this. So I pulled up some articles and I told you about that. <laughs> you know you have your Wiki, uh, your own Wikipedia page? Uh, yeah, you I, know I, that? I did know that. I don't have my Wikipedia page. I was <laughs> totally impressed by that, by the way. Uh, so, you know, you talked about being the only woman in sports teams, and then you talked about just kind of what the articles say, the first woman doing a couple things. And we've had this conversation many times. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about this? How do you feel about being this? People look at you and they're like, oh, she's the first. So um, it's interesting because, um, of course, you've read the <laughs> article. Question, so, yeah, right? <laughs> you know how I feel. But, um, yeah, it's kind of frustrating to me because, you know, when people say, oh, you did a really good job for a girl, you know, that's it's like an insult. You know, I didn't I didn't do a good job as a first sergeant as a girl. I did a good job as a first sergeant in the Army. You know, why, why do we have to point out the fact that I'm a female? So it, it frustrates me a lot when people point that out. And you read it in the article. You know, I said, just, just tell me <laughs> I, I, I'm doing well. You yeah. know, quit saying that I'm 
a female doing well because um, there's a lot of people that do really amazing things and I think it's diminished when you point out those unique identifiers and imply that that's what makes them so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, we've had this conversation many times, right? And I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, I also just want to say, you know, people like my daughter certainly look up to you and is like, yeah, the command sergeant major is a female at Fort McCoy. <laughs> um, but I have to say, you've done an exceptional job for a brigade level command sergeant major <laughs> here at Fort McCoy. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. So what are you most proud of over your career? Any Anything that comes to mind? Um, most proud of, uh, no, <laughs> nothing really comes to mind. I mean, I absolutely loved being a first sergeant, and all of this, the stuff that we were able to accomplish. I guess that's, that's the biggest thing that my pride comes from leaving a, le a legacy in each unit that I've been in. So I always go in there trying to find what I can do for that organization to make them better long after I've left. And so that's my pride, is in making a difference in the unit, not just for my time there, but something that will last long after I'm gone, long after I'm out of the military. You know, I hope that those organizations that I was in are now culturally better since I've left. So that's challenging, right? We sit in these terms for, I'm here for two years, I just did, one-year assignments for the past five years and I'm the same way like how do you leave a mark in each one and so how do you go about doing that as you arrive in a unit and try and leave a mark when you're there for a short period of time right I think you have to go into it with a game plan you have to sit down and, and say okay for the the first x number of days it's difficult when you're TPU versus active duty but you know we're AGR so we get the the active duty aspect of it so the first like 90 days is I think think key, where you come in in the first 30 days, you spend that time observing the organization. And maybe you're asking a bunch of questions like, hey, you've been here for a while. What do you think is great? And what do you think needs improvement? And you you gather all of that information. And then like the next 30 days, you analyze all of it, you know, and you're looking at, oh, what are things that we could do to improve these things? Or how can we keep these sustainments going? And then after those 60 days are up, the next 30 days are spent developing a plan for putting all of that into place and actually making changes. So I think it's important not to jump in and be like, we're gonna change everything <laughs> before you've had an opportunity to really look at the unit and see what they're already doing great before you start changing stuff. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, you were instrumental in the 90 days I've been here, the first 90 days, and developing that plan. And on day 90, we published the Garrison 90-day assessment with your help, right? You yes. and I kind of wrote that together and published it out to the force. And I believe that theory is is just gold. For yeah, I, I loved that you came in with that same idea in mind because, like I said, that's exactly how I attack every unit. And I thought it was great. Yeah. So how has your leadership changed over the past 24 years, from the time you enlisted to the time you're a brigade level sergeant major. Has it changed? Has it evolved? So, <laughs> you know my thoughts on leadership also. Um, I, I disagree with forcing leadership upon everyone. Um, I think it's okay to serve without being a leader. Um, so I think it's an instinct to 
as a person run into chaos, you know, instead of running away from it. Um, just like sports, you know, if, if you are good at sports, that's typically something, you know, you were born with these natural abilities and then you improve on them. You, some people come in and they just have no athletic abilities <laughs> and that's fine. You don't have to be in sports. I'm sure there's other things that you were amazing at, like science Olympiad or student council, you know, I, not everybody needs to be in sports, you know, so it's the same thing with leadership. And so I like to think of leadership more as mentorship. So for me, I've gone into every position looking at the mentorship side of it and what I can do to help those soldiers that I am charged with to be better as a person in their career on the, in the military, their careers um, on the civilian side as well. So mentorship for me has been huge and I've had some great mentors and I've had some people that were non-existent mentors. <laughs> you know? So um, I've just tried to learn from that and take the, the good bits because um, even if you have somebody that's not a great leader or mentor, um, you, you can learn from that. You know, they're failing, so you can <laughs> learn from their failure. <laughs> so I take the good bits everywhere I can and, and compiled it together and just tried to be a good mentor to everybody yeah. I've interacted with. I'm not sure if you were talking about me taking my failures <laughs> and uh, learning from those. Have, can you think of a mentor, not by name or anything, but characteristics of that mentor that has really inspired you or you took great things from? So I, I do have um, somebody in mind. Uh, he was a great mentor right from the start. Like I, I think I ran into him right away in my initial AGR tour. And um, he took me under his wing, and he was um, very personal, but he didn't get too personal with me. So I thought that was important because there's a lot of times people, they dig into your personal life too much, and, and it gets kind of inappropriate and awkward, and, you know, I'm, I'm a <laughs> private person. <laughs> so I don't like people digging into my life. I know you just look shocked. But <laughs> I think one of the first things you told me in my office, like it was day one, you're like, so I'm not going to tell you about my personal life or something like that. You really set conditions on the battlefield. Right? That sounds about right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, somebody that isn't prying into my personal life and, and lets me be me, but then gives me little nuggets here and there like, hey, did you know that you do this and it's not great? and points it out for me and, and helps me to adjust, you know, that he was a great mentor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I talk about uh, the sweet spot. I talked with Rick Tritley about it, where your passions and your talents, they kind of intersect. Do you, uh, you ever think about that? What's your sweet spot? <laughs> yes, actually. Um, this is an unprompted question. I, I, I know you were totally but. off script here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I, th I think I'm actually, I'm getting there now. So yeah, I know I'm old, but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. <laughs> uh, no, so my, my sweet spot I think is, is going to be when I figure out what it is that I do after the military and use all of this experience to jump into the civilian sector and put it all into place. So my sweet spot will be living at home with my family and um, doing whatever it is I end up doing in the civilian world. All right, I haven't said this to you. I think your sweet spot, in, from my perspective, is having subtle influence in the background. Like there's so much going on in the foreground 
and just leading a garrison, but you're always behind the scenes, kind of what John Cotter calls building a guiding coalition and kind of making conversations and alliances behind the scenes that bear good fruit in public. And I think you really like doing that behind the scenes. Yeah. And then I think you're, uh, you're really good at it as well. Excellent. So that's where I think your sweet spot lies, by the way. Sounds like success. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Very soon, yeah. So what was it like being the command Sergeant Major at Fort McCoy? Well, it was um, unique. So <laughs> it's not like other assignments at all. Uh, I'm used to being, you know, the operational side and uh, very much hands-on and mm-hmm. completing tasks. And it was very hard for me coming here and realizing that I am no longer a doer. You know, I, I don't complete tasks. I assist people with guidance and advice, you know, in accomplishing those tasks. It's, that's very difficult for me. I have been struggling. I think I'm still struggling <laughs> with that. Um, constantly looking for my tasks, you know, mm-hmm. like the boss program. I, <laughs> I get to accomplish tasks by doing things for the boss program. <laughs> but um, that's that's where I'm comfortable is is the task accomplishment. And in Garrison, you have this gigantic workforce. You know, the majority of it is civilians. And um, how odd, you know, in the military (laughs) to have these people that you can't give orders to and just tell them to accomplish things. You know, you have to be nice to them and (laughs) and inspire them to do things. And I know it's it's probably a good idea to tackle military units in the same way. But (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you've been listening to me. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I, when I came in, I found it interesting that the, the long-range planning of an installation is different from a military unit, right? You come in as a first sergeant or a sergeant major to a conventional battalion, and you're like, I have two years to do this, while you come into Fort McCoy, and there's this, like, in 10 years, this is where we'll be, and, well, I'm not going to be anywhere near Fort McCoy in 10 years, but the civilian workforce is, and they are really the continuity, the long-range planners, the, the doers of it. Is that frustrated you at all? No, I wouldn't say it's frustrating. It, it is an interesting concept yeah. um, that you really have to be aware of, that you are here for a short period of time. And again, it's like what you said a um, little while ago, you know, you have to figure out what are you going to do during your time here that will have a lasting effect. You know, so especially in the garrison, it's really important to take that step back, you know, take the the first 90 days and really look at the organization and realize that, you know, that these people, they have, they're playing the long game and we need to figure out how we fit into that and how we can improve things during our time here. Uh, That's a lot of, you know, adjusting processes that we might never see how those adjustments play out. Yeah. And uh, as you and I talk about, is we are incredibly blessed to be part of this workforce that is so competent, professional, thinking of the future. They are just killing it out there, which allows us, you and I, just to go out and meet people and lead and cast vision and uh, have fun. Yes. It's pretty amazing. What are you going to miss about Fort McCoy? Um, so <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. I love 
the Wisconsin community <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm going to miss uh, the fact that they have Friday night fish fry and Saturday prime rib. Uh, I go home to Missouri and I have told my husband, like, I'm really frustrated that I can't just go down to the local pub and get my Friday fish fry. <laughs> like, I'm going to miss that. You know, the the old fashions and the <laughs> elaborate Bloody Marys that they have. I don't even drink anymore, but I'm going to miss that. <laughs> I'm going to find a way to make these old fashions without the alcohol because it's just, it's an amazing culture, you know, just sitting around with these people that, like the people that work at Fort McCoy will sit around at these supper clubs and have their old fashions and their, their fish fries or whatever it may be. And they're hanging out together because it's really a, a family feeling yeah. here and that's all of Wisconsin like Wisconsin's just that way they are definitely the Midwest frame of mind and I'm going to miss the heck out of that <laughs> yeah I like to say really hard working and really nice and that's the chief of staff of the army saying people first winning matters exactly Wisconsin is that so you talked about leaving a an influence a wake of influence behind you what do you see your wake as here at Fort McCoy so that's kind of what we were talking about before. Um, you know, I, I like being in the background. I like just, you know, giving my two cents here and there. So my influence for, for my time here is just going to be those little nuggets, you know, that people can take to improve processes and procedures that they already have in place. Uh, they do an amazing job. Like the, uh, the programs that they have in Wisconsin for vets are incredible. Like yeah. I bet they are the best in the nation. Wisconsin is fantastic about supporting veterans. And so I'm just trying to make sure that those programs are known about, they are taken advantage of. Uh, I want people to know that they exist, to invite these programs onto Fort McCoy, you know, go out into the community and, and meet your VFW, your American Legions, you know, join these organizations, get the word out about the programs that you are aware of, listen to what they have to say about the programs that you didn't know about. Um, the, it's just incredible, the, yeah. the programs and private organizations that are out there wanting to support veterans. And that's, that's my goal for my time here is to make sure that everybody knows that they all exist and that they are welcomed onto Fort McCoy so that they can do their good things. Okay. You've been the SAR major for about 18 months. Did it go by fast? Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> it doesn't seem like I've been here for 18 months, so I'd, I'd say yeah. <laughs> What's next for you? Well, there, um, there's this great program that the military has set up called the career skills program and I'm going to take advantage of that it is uh, a great opportunity for soldiers that are transitioning out of the military to get a feel for the civilian workforce and maybe gain some certifications that they will need to be competitive in the workforce and that there's like the skill bridge program that's kind of half of the the career skills program and you can do a lot of stuff with the um, internships and the certification programs through SkillBridge, or you can do individual uh, career skills programs where like if there's a dog grooming <laughs> um, 
company that you want to go and work for, you can actually just get them signed up for the individual CSP and then do your internship with them. It might not be the whole six months because it doesn't take you that long to learn how to groom, <laughs> but you know they offer up to six months for this program and it's amazing and I'm going to take advantage of that with the emergency management career field. Were you ever afraid as a 06 level sergeant major that you wouldn't have time to do it, that you wouldn't be allowed to do it, that ever cross your mind? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% supportive, which is fantastic. But yes, it's scary. Like, just figuring out the whole process and how you make it work. You know, like, I have all this leave that I have to take. I have the career skills that I need to prepare for because I don't know how to be a civilian. I, I'm, I haven't been a civilian in 24 years. You know, I got to figure all this out. So, yeah, it's, it's really scary, and I really do appreciate your support through the whole thing because without that, I, I'd be going out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, I fear there are leaders out there who do not support the career skills program and we don't set soldiers up for success on the way out. And whether you are a you know E7 or a brigade sergeant major, <laughs> you should take advantage of this program. And the leader should allow that. Yes, yes, and, and that's the thing. Like, we're bringing in First Sergeant Pattison and he's taking over when I'm on leave and whatnot. And, you have to have that confidence in those junior leaders and, and bring them up and, and give them, you know, that continuity book that you hopefully built and prepare them for the position because nobody's so important that they can't take time to be with their family or prepare for this transition. It's, it, we just don't exist. We're not that important. Yeah. So, um, Yes. Thank you again for having the confidence in me and in First Sergeant Patterson to come up and um, make sure that we are still successful here at Fort McCoy. I once heard a song. It ended something like the Army goes rolling along, whether <laughs> oh, we're weird. here or not. Yeah, strange. Huh? Yeah, I think I've heard that too. So as we wrap this up, do you have any parting thoughts on your career, on McCoy, on leadership? <laughs> what are your final thoughts? No, um, like I said, it, it's been a great ride. Um, we did some crazy stuff while I was here at uh, Fort McCoy. Um, you know, bringing in the, uh, the Afghans will probably be one of those memories that uh, I always look back on and think, oh, that was a, kind of a, a big deal. And I got to be there and, and take part in that. You know, so there's a lot of really great stuff that happens here at Fort McCoy. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to come back here one more time before I, I finished out my career. So, no. Um, You've been here a couple times, right? I have. Yeah. Well, I was in, when I first joined the Army Reserve, I ended up in uh, northern Wisconsin. So, we used to train here a lot just as, you know, a regular reserve company. And then I was assigned here as an instructor. And shortly after that, I came back as the command sergeant major. So, yes, I was very familiar with Fort McCoy, which helped a lot. You know, when you come in as the garrison, you're like, oh, I'm familiar with <laughs> the ranges, but I didn't know we did all this other stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I always go down to Fort Leavenworth, and I call my wife, and I'm like, Becky, I'm at my favorite installation. And when I was down there <laughs> two months ago, I called her up. And I'm like, Becky, I'm at my – and I paused, and I said – I'm at my second favorite installation. <laughs> uh, Fort McCoy is my favorite now. Yep, yep. Well, Sergeant Major, I can't thank you enough for a couple things. One, 24 years of service. 
taking advantage of the skills program and leading, effectively setting the example for others to do that as well. Your leadership in the 18 months here at Fort McCoy is the command Sergeant Major <laughs> of the garrison, but uh, most of all, being a great example to so many people. And as you said, not in, because in a female capacity, like I said, my daughter just totally looks <laughs> up to you, um, but leading as just a phenomenal Sergeant Major for a command Sergeant Major, you're very impressive. Awesome. Well, thank you for saying that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been the Behind the Triad Leadership Podcast here with Command Sergeant Major Raquel Domenico as she wraps up her career. This was an awesome conversation, and we hope you'll tune in next time on Behind the Triad. See you.